नमस्कार दिस इज अखिलेश भाग्यव वेलकम टू टिटबिट्स ऑन बिजनेस एंड फाइनेंस विद मी द पास्ट 2 इयर्स हैव विटनेस्ड न्यूमरस लॉन्ग टर्म एंड परहैप्स परमानेंट शिफ्ट्स इन जियोपॉलिटिक्स एंड आल्सो इन द ग्लोबल इकॉनमी लेट मी मेंशन टू ऑफ देम इन पर्टिकुलर द फर्स्ट वन इज दैट द प्राइमरी फॉलोअप ऑफ द कोविड पेंडेमिक एंड इट्स लॉकडाउंस वाज अ ह्यूज डिस्ट्रप्शन ऑफ द ग्लोबल सप्लाई चेन्स some of which are yet to be restored as we see in the case of electronic chips the very merits of extensive globalization which was pursued for decades are in doubt today nations are now seeking to pursue an agenda of self sufficiency to the extent possible failing which they are preferring trade pacts with other nations in order to secure their supplies and to also secure their overseas markets which partly explains the flurry of trade pacts which are being negotiated and signed by india these days the second change is that russia and china are the two rogue nations on the block which pursue military and expansionist agendas of their autocrat despots the military aggression and economic growth of these two nations therefore needs to be checkmated it needs to be contained and for that global economic alliances too are being formed yet another long term fallout has been the need to enter into defense treaties to take on the military might and the conflict that these two maverick nations caused and that had led to the formation of the quad initiative as a defense pact between india australia japan and the us to counter china's territorial ambitions and military aggression in the indo pacific region in particular and also beyond there's also the reason why pacifist countries like sweden and finland today are in a hurry to join the nato it is another thing that the quad seems to have lost its defense focus today and has significantly expanded its partner dialogue and has veered into covid control climate change dialogue and infrastructure investment in order to boost productivity and prosperity of the indo pacific region and that reflects their growing mutual interest priority and comfort because of which they seem to be veering away from the reason why they got together which was defense the quad today appears to be less of a defense alliance for which it was formed but please remember its vibrancy its relevance and the interest of the nations remains it is in this background that the us led trade initiative called the indo pacific economic framework for prosperity or the ipf as it is called was launched very recently to primarily counter the chinese aggression into the indo pacific region the ipf is seen as an american attempt to play a larger role in global economics and in global diplomacy and to partly regain its credibility which it had lost in the trump years when it walked out of trade alliances and time tested relationships with its allies the likes of the hindustan times see it as an alternative china's burgeoning heft in the region the ipf consists of 12 nations other than the us including india australia new zealand brunei indonesia malaysia philippines south korea singapore thailand vietnam and japan of course this block contributes to over 40% of the global gdp and it is already an economic powerhouse a very china 
criticized the IPF as a close club, but the US National Security Advisor denied it to say that it was an open platform by design and also by definition, and its partners invited other Indo-Pacific nations to join it. But the very fact that pro-China nations like Cambodia and Myanmar were not included in it belies the US claim of the IPF being an open platform for any Indo-Pacific nation to join it. Incidentally, though Taiwan is reported to have lobbied to join the IPF, it was yet not taken in despite having bipartisan support for it in the USA. The IPF is not the usual run-of-the-mill free trade agreement between nations as has been made amply clear by the USA at the time of its launch itself. The IPF will not negotiate market access. It will not negotiate trade tariffs and concessions like traditional trade blocks do. It seeks to frame rules and regulations for its partner nations in four key areas, which is in the area of digital economy, supply chains, infrastructure projects and clean energy, as also on tax and anti-corruption measures between these 13 nations. It thus does not call for the start of any negotiation for a trade agreement between the 13 countries, but it promises to begin collective discussions between them for future talks on these areas of cooperation. The partner nations will therefore now start discussions on these four domains with a focus on strengthening economic cooperation and achieving shared goals. The IPF is conceived to be a flexible and inclusive platform such that its partners can pick and choose their areas of interest and priority without getting committed on all the other four pillars of the framework. At its launch, the US President Joe Biden said that the IPF partner countries will write new rules for the 21st century and he suggested to start with new rules governing trade in digital goods and services so that Companies, he says, do not have to hand over their proprietary technology to do business in a country. This item is incidentally a matter of top priority for the US in particular and not necessarily for the other countries which have joined the IPF. Our Prime Minister, Mr. Narendra Modi, who was personally present at the launch of the IPF together with the US President and the Japanese Prime Minister, called the IPF as a declaration of the collective will to make the Indo-Pacific region an engine of global economic growth. He thanked the American president for this important initiative, which he said is necessary to find what he calls common and creative solutions to the region's economic challenges. Mr. Modi remarked that the Indo-Pacific region has always been the center of manufacturing and economic activities and also it has been a center of trade and investment. And he said that the IPF will strengthen the development of peace and prosperity in the Indo-Pacific region. The fact of the matter is that all the nations that have got together need to have a common tool, a common strategy to tackle the growth of China. And that perhaps shows the kind of welcome that it has got in these open statements of the US president and also of the Indian prime minister. India's Ministry of External Affairs said in a statement that the IPF seeks to strengthen economic partnership among participating nations in order to enhance resilience, sustainability, inclusiveness, economic growth, 
fairness and competitiveness in the Indo-Pacific region. The Ministry of External Affairs said that India is keen to collaborate with partner countries under the IPF and work towards advancing regional economic connectivity, regional integration and boosting trade and investment within the region, which is the Indo-Pacific region. To us, the launch of the IPF, which has been devoid of details on its announcements, is more of a tall statement of ambitions and intentions with a long wish list that will take many years to fructify, if at all it does. It was high on optics and very low on specifics. It is yet a worthwhile and welcome step since Russia and China's illegal ambitions need to be contained and countered. Our perception about the IPF announcement and initiative is that the first one, it is a sketchy and an edgy start and experts quickly therefore noted that the language in the joint statement of the IPF partner nations was deliberately vague and broad-based in order to avoid any differences at the very initial stage. That kind of a statement allowed each one of them to interpret the initiative as it wants to show no differences and thus stay together. It is for this reason to us that the declaration was very thin on details. The second point, for the US in particular, it adds an economic initiative to its existing military initiative in the region, which is the Quad. The US hopes that it will boost America's economic ties with the Indo-Pacific nations and that it will help to checkmate a rising China. However, the fact that this US-led initiative offers no preferred market access or incentives or trade concessions to the other partners in the framework could make the IPF a non-starter. The lack of any incentives from the US have already raised doubts about the effectiveness of the IPF or even about the intent of the US to make it succeed. An expert rightly points out that a relevant question asked is whether the US itself has the political ability and fiscal capacity to lead any trade alliance since its voters today seem to blame all its woes on globalization, which makes its leaders, including Joe Biden, very reluctant to pursue a world without trade barriers, which is a primary objective of the IPF as far as the Indo-Pacific region is concerned. The next point, according to us, is that there are already severe differences on various issues among partner nations on the matters which are central to the IPF agenda, and it will therefore be very difficult to come to a consensus among these partners unless they are willing to compromise and to let go. For example, India and the US already differ on issues like digital commerce, labor, environmental standards, cross-border data flows, data localization, decarbonization, etc. And these will not be easy to iron out and you need to do that to make the IPF very quickly viable and workable. Further, though the IPF is an important initiative, not just for the US, but also for countries like Japan and India, which need a geostrategic counter to China's alarming rise and belligerence, yet it will take many years to build a substantial understanding to achieve anything significant on the ground in regional trade. It will need a very determined US for it to succeed. And if it does succeed, 
then it could actually prove to be a counter to China's flagship BRI initiative and it can also compensate for India's failure to join the RCEP trade bloc a couple of years ago. According to us, for India, the IPF could be a good opportunity to build close trade relationships and to integrate itself into global supply chains, such as to become the manufacturing alternate to China, which the world desperately needs today. While the US has started the initiative, it's a good one for India to pursue. And if it does manage to do, it might just be a solution to a lot of our growth problems that we seek today. This is Akhilesh Bhargav signing off till we meet again. Namaskar.